Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast with Mel and Bree. I'm Mel. And I'm Bree. And we're two moms on a mission to educate and empower others to take charge of their health by ditching the all or nothing mentality, leading by example, and living life without deprivation. Making improvements to your health doesn't have to be hard. And we want you to have the tools to teach your family that you can be healthy and enjoy life. Hey, hey, friend. Hi. I am so excited about this topic. This is something <laughs> I, I just want to jump right in because this is something that I know you and I are asked about all the time. Oh, my goodness. Yes, so I'm yes, so excited. Yes. I don't know actually why we waited this long to talk about it. I yeah, I I don't know. And maybe we're just trying to leave our listeners in suspense. I don't know. Yes, there we go. We're saving the really juicy stuff. Like you well, have to get really bested first. And some of this is visual too. Unfortunately, we don't have it the is. aspect, but I'm planning on sharing some stuff to our Beyond Fitness um, Facebook page to kind of, you know, show that visual aspect of nutrition labels Ooh, and what... Idea. Um, what to to look for. So today we're talking about, you know, learning how to understand um, nutrition labels that you find on your foods. Yay. 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 And it's really important. So back it up for a second. Okay. So we talk all the time about how it's important to know what's going into your body. Right. I mean, I can't stress that enough. I know you can't stress enough. It is important to educate yourself on the ingredients in your foods or where your food is coming from. Um, it, obviously, things like chicken or um, eggs or, uh, you know, milk or, well, even milk has a couple of ingredients, but things that have single ingredients, it's still good to know where those things come from. For sure. Um, you know, how, how the animals were treated before they were, you know, uh, what's, what's the nice way of saying it? I don't want to say butchered, but, um, <laughs> you know, take it out to pasture. Put to, put to rest. <laughs> yes. Pass on for better use. Yeah. It's it's good to know where they're coming from, how they were treated, what they were fed. But, you know, that that information isn't readily available. Like that's research that you're going to have to do. Um, you can go to like the butcher counter, but I doubt a lot of times they're going to know that. Uh, so there are certain labels you can look for on your foods, like with your your beef, um, you know, talking about like grass fed, grass finished eggs, pasture raised. This is stuff we've talked about in podcasts. Mm -hmm. But mostly today, what I want to talk about is stuff that you find in boxes and bags, because those nutritional facts, labels, and the ingredients is what you need to be paying attention to. But they're and so yummy. I know. And everything you buy, even your meats, should have a some kind of label on them, some type of nutrition facts label on them. Even when I, I'm pretty sure even when you buy them from the counter, it has like a little description. It's not going to look the same as if you were to buy a box of rice. Right. But it'll still have the information because it's required. Correct. So, um, all right. So we're going to talk about reading labels. It can be very tricky. 
Um, I don't know why, <laughs> why they make it so confusing at times, but it, it's something marketing, can, right? Um, but you need it in order to determine the nutritional value that your food that's in your food. And today we're going to talk about what to really look for. So I want to talk about the actual label itself. And again, I'm going to be providing a visual aid on our Facebook page. So if you don't follow us on Facebook, just it's at beyond fitness. Um, and I will give that visual aid later on this week, but with your nutrition facts label, there's a couple of main things that you want to look for. First off is serving size. Um, it's really important to know because you, you see the calorie amount, which is listed on there and it'll say like, so I have a sample, um, nutrition label that I'm looking at right now and it's for frozen lasagna. Calories are 280 calories, but the serving size is one cup. Now there's four servings in the container. So if you get like this thing of lasagna and you eat the whole thing, well, you're eating four times that calorie amount. So your calories went from 280 to over a thousand. But who eats just a couple lasagna? Right? (laughs) I'm like, who are these people? (laughs) I don't, this is why I don't make it because I just sit there and pick at it. And then like I mess up the square. So I have to keep like shaving it off to get the square (laughs) to be, no, is that just me? Okay. never mind. Carry on. (laughs) So it's really, it's really important to pay attention to those two things you're serving, especially if you're trying to fall, like if you're really focusing on a certain calorie count to say, you know, your calorie count for the day is 1800 calories. Well, if you eat a lasagna tray, you thought it was 280 calories, but you ate four times the amount. So over a thousand, that's really going to skew your, you're like, why am I not losing the weight? Well, Because of stuff like that, unfortunately. Well, Susan, you're eating an entire panel of lasagna. That's why. (laughs) So it's important to pay attention to calorie count. Now, I cannot tell you what your exact calorie count should be. Um, And it's something that you can figure out from your own. You can get guidance on. I mean, that's something that you and I both do with our clients. Uh, But one of the things I recommend, and I just did a whole webinar on this, you need to figure out where you're at. And one of the best ways to do that is to go have a 3D body scan done. I mean, there's other oh, ways yeah. that you can measure yourself, but it basically, you know, takes your body fat percentage, your lean body mass, and it figures out what your caloric intake should be based on those things and your activity. Is it 100% accurate? No. But it gives you a good starting point. It'll give you a better starting point than a lot of these apps, I feel, do. Yeah, for sure. So um, you always, whenever you start a nutrition plan, you need to have an idea of where you're at currently. Like what, how many calories you're currently taking in and where you're at with your overall body composition. Right. Because that's going to determine where you should be. 
So moving on, um, another thing it's going to talk about is it's going to tell you um, your nutrients, you know, your fiber, how much sugar, added sugars, which is important, your protein, your fat, um, carbs, sodium. So it's going to list all your macros. And then it also lists sodium, cholesterol, um, and vitamins. So certain types of vitamins, it'll list a percentage. But me personally, what I tell my clients to focus on mostly is, especially somebody that's new to reading food labels, is the calories and the serving size. Of course, you also want to pay attention to like added sugars and trans fat and stuff. But those are the things that I tell them to focus on first because these nutrition labels can get really overwhelming. Oh my gosh, yes. So if there's somebody like completely new, that's really where you should start. But I'm also going to be talking, and the other thing, which is a beast, is the list of ingredients. I think that is the biggest thing aside from your, actually, I almost think it's even more important than the calories is the, yeah, I would agree. What's, what's in it? Um, because you could be eating a thousand calories of junk or you can be eating a thousand calories of whole food, nutrition, and you're going to feel a lot better. You're going to be a lot more satiated with that whole food nutrition. And you probably won't want to eat a whole lot more because you're getting all that goodness. So, you know, the fact that you still have 800 calories that you could still eat, it's not like you're going to go crazy and double up on that. Right. So one of the things, well, we're going to talk next about um, avoiding enemy fats. So, with your fats, you've got, there's several different kinds of fats. You've got your saturated, unsaturated, trans. This can be really overwhelming, again, to people. But you really want to focus on avoiding the trans fat. That is your bad fat. Um, that's going to come mostly from processed foods. Uh, so those are things that you want to avoid as much as possible. And trans fat is listed under the fat category on your nutrition label. So it'll tell you how many grams of trans fat is on there. And And that's things like potato chips, right? Yeah. I mean, like regular potato chips. Yeah. uh, Anything that's junk in the junk food category. Yeah. Like ultra processed. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, those little powdered donuts, um, the Mrs. Yep. Baird's that my kids always <laughs> beg me to get. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's stuff like that. Just the junk food, uh, potato chips, candy bars. Uh, trying to, I mean, there's a plethora of stuff. But, you know, there, you also have your saturated fat. Your unsaturated fat is your healthier fat. Saturated fat or is okay. You just don't want to have it in large amounts. Right. Cause saturated fat can actually come from meat, from animal products. Um, right. but you know, too much of a, a thing is not a good thing. A lot of the times. <laughs> uh, 
so really watch that trans fat on the label. Um, sodium intake, that's another one. Too much sodium can cause all kinds of problems in the body. Um, it can lead to hypertension, uh, blood pressure issues. It really puts a strain on the heart when your sodium levels are too high. Now, Not to mention the water retention. Yes, that too. You're going to carry a lot of water in your extremities. Um, so it's really important that you watch your sodium intake. And now the recommendations don't like fluctuate a whole lot, but they do, they do change. Um, last time I checked it, it was 2,300 milligrams per day, I believe, which is about a teaspoon. Um, mm-hmm. or like if you're older, your sodium intake goes down because you're at a higher risk for hypertension. Right. Or if you have hypertension, you should lower your sodium intake. But that's something that you can monitor through blood work like we talked about in our last podcast. You can work with on your doctor on um, if you have any types of issues, uh, uh, heart issues. Right. Fiber. Fiber is really important. Just your overall. Um, and us as Americans... We do not get enough fiber in our diet. Um, the American uh, Diet Association recommends 25 grams of dietary fiber for adult women and 38 for men per day. So, and most people, I would say, probably don't even get, mm, I would say they probably don't even get 15 20 on a good day. It's really important that you get enough fiber in your diet. It helps regulate you. It helps flush toxins out of your body. Just like water flushes toxins out through your urine, fiber helps flush toxins out through your poop or your feces or whatever you want to call it. Just say poop. (laughs) But it keeps your colon healthy. So you need fiber. And you can get fiber. There's so many different ways you can get fiber. Um, Your vegetables, your fruits, uh, your whole grains. Um, A a little tip on the fruit. So if you're going to get it via fruit, which is a great option, Mm -hmm. um, make sure and do it. So if you're eating an apple, eat the skin. That's where most Mm -hmm. of the fiber is. Well, and... When you have things like fruit juices, you're actually losing the fiber content. When right. you, you need to eat it in its most natural form because you're breaking. So fiber, how do I put this without sounding totally disgusting? Um, eh, just do it. <laughs> so, you know, when you have a clog in your sink and yes. it, it doesn't allow any water to come through because it's like this mass. So right. that's what the, it's a, a hairball. Yeah. So, <laughs> husbands everywhere just went. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, you're now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but anyway, fiber can't be digested by the body, so it flushes it out. 
and it'll flush everything out along with it. So, like, if you're eating pizza, it's good to eat a salad with it because not as much of that pizza will remain behind. Right. The the roughage yeah. will help pass it along. But, okay, so now I remember. So, when you're – when you put, like, something like um, spinach in a blender – you're breaking it down. You're basically taking all of that fluff or that mass out of it, and it's it's going to be a lot easier to digest. And fiber is not meant to be digested. It's meant to, you know, flush stuff out, to push stuff out. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's kind of like a little boat. The craft yeah. needs to jump on yeah. and ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that's a good way of putting it. The little spinach leaves are like little boats. Oh my gosh! For the crap yeah. to jump on uh, and just uh, ride. Okay, this out. like yep. went bad like, real quick. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So fiber. <laughs> fiber is important. You want to have fiber in your diet. <laughs> fiber is good. Fiber is good, and. I don't know. I tell most people to, even women, even though the recommendation is only about 25, I tell most people to aim for like 35. Because, yeah, you're probably not going to hit it. No, you probably (laughs) won't. And I've never heard of anybody having a health issue because they ate too much fiber. No, but again, that's one of those things that, like we talked about in the last podcast, it's individual. Mm -hmm. If you're experiencing a ton of discomfort, yeah, absolutely, GI issues. Well, then maybe you need to back off on that for sure. Well, and it may be uh, one particular item that right. contains fiber. It's like fiber. meat with broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Like you may be I able to eat all the fiber from other right. stuff. I can eat apples and avocado. No problem. You give me broccoli or cauliflower or beans. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to stay in my house anymore. <laughs> it's sad. Anyway, that's, we've talked a lot about poop. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. I like to keep things interesting around here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on now that we've talked about <laughs> no pun intended, all, yeah, all the fiber. Oh, yeah. Um, so looking at the ingredients now, there's some things I'm going to give you some key words that I always tell my clients to look for, um, within your ingredients labels because it's really important. So, Here's a little tip about the food industry. They are going to trick you. They want you to buy their products. They don't care about you. So Right. So they are <laughs> going to put in there like scientific words that basically it's like, well, why didn't you put sugar in there? That's what it is. You're or, right. You know, Call it what it is. Um, they're going to put in on these long drawn out words and you're like, what the heck is like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Um, so I'm going to give you guys little tips of things to look for, but the biggest and best tip I can give you, and I give this tip all the time. It's, I, this is probably my most favorite. When you're going to the grocery store, you always have your phone on you, right? Right. Okay. You're looking at ingredients labels and you have no idea what ingredient label is. Are you ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. You ready? You ready? I'm, I'm ready. Take out your phone and Google it. 
<laughs> what? I, I yes, and you can figure out what that ingredient is just by googling because it'll tell you. No. Yes. In like non-scientific oh words, it will tell you what an ingredient is. And from there, you should be able to judge whether or not you should be eating that ingredient. You could probably even ask Siri or Google and not even type it. Right. So, I mean, I still do that to this day because the food industry is coming up with all these new kinds of words to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, to substitute for the words that people are, are like corn syrup... What did they call it? There was a new... Corn syrup solids? Well, corn syrup solids, but there was another word, too, that I found recently, and I can't remember what it was. It was some really bizarre words. Um, basically, it was the same thing. They just changed it, so you wouldn't know, because now corn syrup is like, you know, you don't want to have corn syrup in your food, which you don't. Right, 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 right. Um, but now people know that, and so they're avoiding buying things with corn syrup in it, which, mm. good on you, because it's... Mm-hmm. It's a crap ingredient. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of these food companies, what they're doing is they're stripping these foods of all of their nutrients and putting in, like, synthetic cheap stuff, which will actually make you crave it. It's almost like a drug. You know, the synthetic stuff acts as a drug. It makes your – it tricks your body to think it wants more and more and more. But, in fact, it's not – getting anything from it, it's missing those nutrients right um do you remember a while back when they were talking so wheat bread was all the craze you wanted to stay mm-hmm. away from white bread and then for a while there like wheat bread was one of the top five ingredients you want to stay away from right but they never really said why unless you know you listen to um like some kind of podcast or talk or whatever. And the reason they were saying stay away from it is because one of the number one ingredient or the number one ingredient was corn syrup. And that's why Mm. they were saying stay away from wheat bread. Now, not all wheat bread is created equal. Uh, They were talking about like enriched wheat flour or just Mm -hmm. wheat flour where when you're looking at wheat products, you want to look for the word whole in there. Um, so right. since we're on that topic, we'll talk about whole grains. Um, okay, so things like enriched flour, unbleached white flour, those are things where the um, fiber has been stripped out of it. So it's very low in fiber. Uh, whereas like your whole grains, uh, things like, whole grain with name of the grain whole wheat um stone ground whole grain uh brown rice oats oatmeal um wheat berries those are all things that indicate a whole fiber um type food so there are lots of fiber they're in their truest form compared to things like enriched flour wheat flour so wheat flour versus whole wheat you always want to look for that whole word uh de or cornmeal bran now bran you would think it's healthy it's not a healthy thing um mm-hmm. and wheat germ so all of those things those five things are ones that you want to try to avoid because all of the nutrients have been stripped from them 
Right. Um, one of my favorite things to eat bread wise is sprouted bread, slightly mm-hmm. different than, you know, your wheat breads in the fact that it's nuttier. It's got a higher mm-hmm. protein content. Um, lo- it is loaded with fiber, but it's not one of those breads. Like my kids really don't care for it because it's too nutty. Like they like the soft bread. Right. So it's definitely quite a bit different than, you know, your traditional bread. So, um, but those are things to look for with like your whole grains. Um, Mm -hmm. Another one that I wanted to talk about was your um, hidden sugars. So white sugar is highly processed, just like the the wheat um it's been stripped of all of its nutrients but instead of like white sugar you can try things like brown rice sweeteners because those usually so people avoid sugar because it's sugar now all Mm -hmm. of these things like things like brown rice sweeteners honey molasses those are all sugar too like they have similar sugar profiles the difference Mm -hmm. is they have some kind of nutrients or some type of health benefit that make up for the sugar content Mm. whereas white sugar it has no nutrients it just has calories does that make sense right yes so brown rice sweeteners um usually include fiber honey Contains lots of antioxidants. I actually use honey quite often to flavor my foods. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. my, um, if I'm making um, cookies or bread or I make these little like um, breakfast cookies for my kids with oats and stuff and peanut butter and I'll use honey to sweeten it. Or if I'm doing a, even a meat dish, I'll use honey a lot of time to, um, if it needs sugar, I'll do that instead. Um, Mm. molasses, um, is another one. It has, um, calcium, potassium, iron, and magnesium. So that's a good one. Uh, coconut sugar. I like to use just cause it's lower. Um, it has more nutrients, but it's lower on the glycemic index. So -hmm. it doesn't raise your blood sugar up as high. Right. So, those are some good ones to try instead of just your white sugar. But sugar can come under so many different names. Um, some of the ones, and if you have a piece of paper and pen handy, you might want to jot some of these down. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, maybe we can add some of these to the, the notes mm-hmm. afterwards, or I can do a post on it this week on our Facebook page. But um, uh, look on your labels for things like ductose, fructose, galactose, glucose, lactose, levulose, maltose, sucrose, um, sorbitol, corn sugar, high fructose corn syrup, maltodextrins, isomalts. I mean, there's a number, um, turbinado sugar, uh, 
me see. Is there any I am missing? Oh, and I cannot stress this enough. Avoid the um, sweetener, the zero calorie sweeteners, unless it is like plant-based. Like, so your stevia, your Truvia, those ones are fine. But you want to avoid all of the other ones labeled sugar-free, no added sugar, or zero sugar sweetener, because they're loaded with other synthetic ingredients. I mean, it's just chemicals that's going to screw with your brain, screw with your body. It's just not worth it. And honestly, I... I don't, I like the Truvia and the Stevia. I mean, it's, it's definitely not the same as like pure sugar, but I use it to sweeten my tea in the morning. Um, and I, I honestly don't really notice much of a difference. Yeah. We use the Stevia too. Uh, My husband's not a fan of it. It has a funky aftertaste for him. Mm -hmm. And I know it does for a lot of people. It's just, you know, your taste buds, Mm -hmm. everybody's different. Um, but for me, it's it's great. I cook with it, too. Um, I, I like it. Yeah. So, um, and then you also want to steer clear of sugar, alcohol. Um, they're just not completely absorbed by the body, and they can cause all kinds of intestinal issues. And I believe on the food label, i got to look at the food label again. Um so it used to list, I know they recently changed it. Well, they changed it last year, the labels, how they read. And it used mm-hmm. to, I believe, provide the sugar alcohol levels. But now mm-hmm. they have added sugars on there. So that's another thing you want to be mindful of, too, when you're looking at the labels is added sugars. That means it's just extra sugar they're throwing in. Yeah, I didn't, I don't remember it being the sugar alcohols. I think maybe I've seen that on a couple things, but not a lot. So, yeah, I know that, I mean, I can't remember exactly how much, if it had on everything or not, but I know that they did have it. It was in small print too, but they don't have it on the new food label. Not the one that I could see. Mm, Okay. And that changes constantly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't. But no, it's changing. You know, yeah. like just like just yeah. like you know, nutrition, like all the different aspects of it. I think one thing that has been constant is the whole calories in versus calories out. Right, that doesn't seem to be changing, even though certain pl- people will try to influence you otherwise. But the scientific backing behind that has not changed right so i'm not talking about people from social media and what they believe or what the diet industry leads you to believe the actual science behind it that never changes right um and i think the reason why the nutrition facts change so much if you look at what's changing it's like suggested servings or suggested grams or milligrams of a certain nutrient is because there is no way to generalize that for everyone in the population. And so they have to kind of average it out and go with the best number. I think, honestly, in my opinion, I think that's why it's, it fluctuates over the years. 
Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Ask me the question again. (laughs) What are your thoughts? I just had a squirrel moment. No, no, you're okay. What are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, it's that with nutrition it evolving, it seems to be changing only with like the recommended servings or not only, but the majority is the recommended servings. And I think that's because you can't generalize. Like you can't say, okay, you're for sure going to be at 38 grams of fiber, like it suggests, or that is your recommendation, but they have no way to individualize it. So they have to generalize it. Does that make sense? Or did I I lose you? I think so. Um, I just feel like that there is, with their recommendation, there are more of like guidelines to try because there's no way for sure that they can tell you that what they're recommending is going to work for you. Are you speaking of the whole, of the label as a whole or not the the actual, no, like the recommendations by the RDA, like just like how many servings you should have of this or how many grams you should have. Yeah. I think it's, well, it's just so general and you know, everything says based on a 2000 calorie diet. Right. Um, I think it's just a safe bet. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing changes a lot with nutrition is those numbers. Not so much all of the other stuff. Those are the, I mean, they'll say eggs are good for you one minute or eggs are bad or, um, you know, stuff like that. Like fat's good for you. Fat's bad. But the one thing that seems to be constant is changing is those, those numbers. Yeah. The, the RDI or the recommended daily intakes. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's recommended daily allowance. I know, I know, but there's a difference. difference. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, (laughs) same difference. Um, I think those are going to constantly evolve as we learn more. Yeah. Right. Um, So again, it just goes back to, you have to know what your body needs. Um, I think it's a great point, great guideline to start with, Mm -hmm. uh, but you need, you might do better on more fiber or more carbs or more protein or less, or, you know, or no sugar. Um, Every body is different. Well, and I think that's a good point. You have, it is really important to go into this knowing like these are recommendations. These are not like solid Like you, this is your number. You need to follow this. This is a starting point. This is a starting point for you to figure out what's going to work for you. Right. Right. Um, And a lot of people take those recommendations as like tried and true. Like this is it. This is what it says. I have to, this is what I should be taking in. This is what I need to be taking in. And it just. Well, and that. And, and that all ties into, I'm going to tie it back to blood work because I just have such a, a story with that yeah. personally. And, and so many clients, you know, if you just get a very basic blood panel done and they say, oh no, your thyroid's fine. It's in normal range. Okay. That's great. But that doesn't mean that's your normal. Mm-hmm. So again, just kind of coming back to what you said don't take it as, Oh, well, it says, you know, this is the serving size or this is the exact amount of 
the grams of fiber that I need to eat. No, you have to figure out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I, I want to wrap this up, but there's a couple other things that I quickly want to go over. So when you're sure. in reading, when you're reading the ingredients labels, it's important to know that the first ingredient item is the highest. So just say the first ingredient is corn syrup because we've been picking on corn syrup. If that's mm-hmm. the first ingredient, that is the h- highest quantity ingredient in that item. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such, such a good point. So it's really important to pay attention to what the first ingredient is. If you're buying something and you think it's nutritious and the first ingredient is corn syrup, you know, okay. Or if you're buying, like, just say you're buying some kind of packaged meat and the first ingredient is not meat, you should be putting it right. back. I was, we're so on the same wavelength. I was going to say, if you're buying a package of chicken breast and the first ingredient is not chicken, <laughs> put it back. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's something really important to pay attention to. I mean, I try to buy food that has minimal ingredients. Like I try to stay under five. Um, There are some things like, you know, you can even find certain breads with five ingredients or less. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, are there ingredients in my house that have more than five ingredients or uh, things? Absolutely. So it's just if you stick to that idea with most of your foods, then you'll be off to a great start if that's something that you can do. Or just, you know, if you're cleaning out your pantry and you notice that the majority of your foods have more than five ingredients, don't get rid of everything and then only buy stuff with five ingredients. Like, try to find substitutions for certain things that you know that you could substitute and then take some of those and replace it with things that have ingredients, five or less. And... Every time I go to the grocery store, I always try to find at least one new food product to try. Oh, that's a fun idea. And then that's when I, you know, whip out my phone and Google any ingredients that I don't know. And I try to find, sometimes there are long drawn out ingredient um, items and it's actually not a bad thing. True. So some of them are just emulsifiers, they're um, thickening agents, but they're not they're not bad for you. So don't assume that if you can't pronounce it, it's bad. I mean, more than likely probably is, but there are ingredients that you're like, I have no idea what that is. They're totally fine. Yeah. Like xanthan gum. Yeah. It's X A. Yeah. And T H whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Well, because that's something you can actually go buy on the shelf. Right. um, In the baking aisle Mm -hmm. and use in baked goods. So you can go just, to me, that's not a big deal because I know what it is. Yeah. So all the more reason, educate yourself. Don't just put it back because it's like, oh my gosh, it has xanthan gum in it. Yeah. Okay, do you even know what that is? <laughs> and all it does is thickens up your food. It just gives it a little bit more right. of a robust texture. Right. So, um, but when you're, when you're, so last thing I want to add, when you're going shopping and you're buying your traditional stuff, and you've done your research, you've checked out the labels, and you've been buying these certain products for months, it is always good to glance back at the food items that you've been buying for months because 
ingredients can change. Oh, yes. Um, you just say that the, the box of rice that you've been buying or bread or whatever, it gets bought out by a different company. Or that company is struggling a little bit financially, so they find cheaper ingredients mm-hmm. to replace with other ingredients. And now what you thought were you were eating healthy is not so healthy anymore because they substituted for cheaper ingredients, um, which are not good for you. So. Yeah, and I mean, and, and also just quickly, just because it says organic or natural well, not necessarily organic, but just because it says natural or plant derived doesn't mean you should just put it in the cart, read the label. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's usually just a marketing tactic, you know, or they'll make the label nice and green and pretty. So it looks appealing and you think, Oh, plants happy. It's clean. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily. Yeah. That's another good point. Like there are certain keywords that you want to look for. Like you want to look for not just organic, but you want to look for like USDA organic because um, right. that's certified organic. So the food company will try to trick you into buying their product. It's it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. And I will tell you, though, just because something is not organic doesn't mean it's inherently bad. Right. Getting that organic official seal is not an easy or cheap process for companies to go through. Um, and in order, sometimes simply in order for them to keep their costs down, they can have a really great clean product, but it's not cost effective just to go get that stupid seal. Right. Um, so again, read your flipping labels. Yeah. And find out where your food is coming from. Cause you can, you can research it. I mean, again, I don't recommend like researching all of it right away or even over time, but you can start by looking at your labels and figuring out what's in your yeah. food. So, you know, what I was realizing in my, my pantry yesterday or in my fridge, I got a jar of pickles out and I was eating a couple of pickles and I always get, so pickles are notorious for containing the uh, yellow number mm-hmm. 40 or what, the whatever, dyes, yellow yeah. lake and the dyes. I didn't realize that till years ago. And I'm like, why does my pickles, why do my pickles have dyes? Like it should mm-hmm. just be pickles, right? Just to give it, yeah, color. Yeah. It, Right. So, so I have a, a cleaner brand that doesn't contain any of that. And I'm just sitting there munching on them and I'm looking at the label and I'm like, they're from India. Mm-hmm. Why are my pickles coming from India? No <laughs> offense against India. I think you're great. I have nothing against you, <laughs> but why can't I get that here? Regular pickles yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. So again, another reason I myself, this is what I do for a living, but I'm still always searching and always learning. It's like, I thought I had a great, not that there's anything wrong with them necessarily coming from India, but you would think you could find some decent pickles here. Right. Right. Um, so that's my next thing. Next time I go to the store, I'm going to do a little bit more digging and, and see what else I can find. Well, Trader Joe's has some that don't contain the diet. That's the kind of we get. Um, that's so out of my bubble. I know. I know. Um, but well, like a lot of fruit snacks contain the red dye. Um, yep. Six, a lot of these are carcinogenics, like can lead to cancer mm-hmm. and all kinds of other health issues. I mean, usually if it has like, you know, a color and then dye or color and then a number, it's, I mean, you can look them all up, you can Google them, but they're usually indicating that it's not such a great ingredient to have. Nope. Nope. So start 
educating yourselves by knowing what's in your food. I can't stress it enough. We can't stress it enough. You have to know what's in your food. Yep. Yep. And we're not saying, look, Mel or I, trust me, we both eat junk food from oh, time to yeah. time. Like straight out the package. We're, we're not saying we're perfect or that yep. you can't ever do that. It's just creating that awareness and dialing it back a bit and, and, you know, moderation. Right. It's, you know, picking and choosing like, okay, is that, is that soda really worth the calories when you could spend it? Or, or I mean, I'm not a big drinker. I'd rather Mm -hmm. eat my calories. So I'm looking, I'm looking at that mixed drink and I'm like, "Mm, I could have that cookie over there. That ooey gooey, you know, chocolate chunk, walnutty cookie, or I could have that alcoholic beverage. Yeah, I'm gonna take the cookie. Yeah, same, same. I mean, some days I'll take the alcohol. Yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, you um, have those days. But just thinking about it in that term or in that way. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Well, I'm anxious to see um, what you are sharing on the Facebook page to um, help you know with the the visual side of things for our people to see um so depending on what you add i may add some stuff in there too so i think that'll be cool um i think we covered everything huh did we miss anything well i mean i'm sure we could go on forever with this Uh, that's that's for sure but i think i think we're good for this for today um but yeah i will be sharing stuff to the facebook page later on this week um awesome on different ingredients so for some of the stuff we talked about today and then just, you know, the actual nutrition label and how it reads. Perfect. Perfect. I'm excited. All right, my friend. Well. All right. Well, you have a lovely evening. Thank you. You too. And until next time. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Fitness with Mel and Bree. We'd love to have your feedback and have you subscribe to our podcast. To connect with us, feel free to look us up on Facebook at Beyond Fitness with Mel and Bree, or you can find Mel on Instagram at Mel Hammonds or Bree at Hope Faith Get Fit. Until next time.